Maybe I should just start the episodes by saying the number and then jump right into the content. What do you think? You want to try it? We'll just try it this one time. 761. I'll put the music right here. I don't know. I already don't like that. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 761 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's show, we're going to speak with Andy. He is the father of a girl who has type 1 diabetes, and she is an Omnipod 5 user. Previously, she used Omnipod Dash, and before that, she was MDI. Andy's got a bit of an engineer's brain, and so he keeps track of his daughter's time and range in A1Cs in a very easy-to-understand graph which he and I were looking at while we were recording today. You'll see why that's important later. For now, just remember this. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 and are a U.S. citizen, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry, complete the survey. That's all I'm asking you to do. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. You must be out of Harry Potter quizzes to take by now. Take a survey that'll help people with type one. If you enjoy the juice box podcast, if you love that it is free and it is plentiful, please help me thank the sponsors, Dexcom, Omnipod, Givo Kypo Pen, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, US Med, Touched by Type 1, and InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. You can do that by clicking on their links. Today's links of choice, US Med. Get your diabetes supplies from US Med. All you have to do to get started is go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call this number 888-721-1514. Get your diabetes supplies the way we do, with U.S. Med. Today's offering of the podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Find out the speed and direction, as well as the number of your blood sugar or a loved one's blood sugar, with Dexcom. Find out if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6 at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. If you're good, I'm going to start the recording. And then when you're ready, just introduce yourself and we'll start talking. Sounds great. Uh, So I'm Andy. Uh, I'm a husband. I have an amazing wife and we have two kids. So I have a four-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. In fact, today uh, while we're recording, it's her birthday. So excited about that. Uh, So yeah, the seven-year-old daughter, Anna, she has type 1 diabetes and celiac disease. She's got type one and celiac. When was she diagnosed with type one? February of 2019. Oh, over three years now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We actually recently hit the milestone of more days with diabetes in our lives in her life rather than, than without. Was that an impactful thing for you? It definitely struck me. So I knew she was about three and a half when she was diagnosed and so now we're approaching her seventh birthday here, and I'm going, okay, three and a half. We got to be getting close to where we we hit that tipping point. So it definitely struck us as like, wow, we 
we are more experienced doing life this way than than before. Yeah. And what did you really know before, honestly? Those first three years of your first kid? Yeah. <laughs> Not much? No, they're just crawling around having fun. Um, do you have any autoimmune stuff? Is your wife, anybody on either sides of your family? Uh Mostly no. We we have some in our extended you know histories of some thyroid. Though I'm not sure that any of it's audio autoimmune. Um, have some diabetes, and there's a possibility that like a, a great great somebody of Anna's you know had diabetes. Not really clear on if it was type one or type two. They they definitely did injections, um, but not long, much. Long time ago. Yes. Yeah. So this would be. I don't know. 100 years ago or something. Yeah. 100 years ago. Not not 100. <laughs> several several decades plus. Well, let's see. Could it well, They just came up with insulin in 1922, right? So Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago no, nonetheless. Anything over 10 years ago seems like a long time ago to me. So <laughs> Well, um I I want to ask you how involved are you with the diabetes versus your wife? Yeah. Um we make a really great team. We're, we're both significantly involved. Um, so my wife very fortunately uh, is a pediatric nurse. So in fact, we had this very odd situation of she was, our, our daughter was admitted on the one floor below where she had worked for about you know nine years or so at that time. Um, and so she's great, you know, obviously has a lot of the medical know-how really good with blood and injections and stuff early on. Um, but then, you know, I'm really involved too. I'm, we're both really type A, um, you know, I'm, I'm maybe some would say pretty controlling and things like that. So really involved. Like we <laughs> someone a, say, some would say, Andy, some might, I don't who, know if I believe them, but yeah, some might say that. Who are, um, these, who are these people who might say that? Hypothetical people. No, I don't, maybe my wife would say <laughs> that. Um, but you know, so Anna's in, in first grade now at the school, we have an amazing nursing team and we just have a text thread among the nurse, my wife and I. So whoever's, you know, ready for it at, at a given moment, we're just communicating and both really involved. Okay. So what's the management style? Are you MDI pumping? What are you doing? Yeah. So, uh, actually for the last three months, we've been on Omnipod five with Dexcom G six, of course. Um, so that's been going great. And so we started, you know, diagnosed in, in 2019, Several months in there, we got onto to Dexcom pretty quickly. Um, about a year after that, we started just Omnipod Dash. And then, yeah, the last few months have been Omnipod 5. How were things going, I guess, incrementally? Was there a honeymoon for your daughter? Essentially, no. Okay. Nothing we can mark. She was just needing her insulin right from the get-go. That's right. And just pretty consistently cranking down carb ratios. Okay. Um, so you did MDI for a little while? Yeah. Uh, over a year. Okay. Shots over for a year. year, CGM for most of that time. That's right. What were her outcomes like in that first bit? They, they were good. Um, I mean, you know, we've, we've been fortunate. I think as, as I hear, you know, listen to podcasts, I think we were, we were really blessed with the education and the endo team that we got from day one. Um, so we've always been on kind of a progression of just getting better, improving, really seeing things as a learning. So like, you know, when she was diagnosed, A1C was almost 11. So high tens, um, 
even on the, you know, MDI, we were, you know, got things down into the about low eights, got onto the pod and progressed into the seven. So we've been kind of a continual progression of, of just improving and yeah. getting better. Did you see many lows with the MDI? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, um, I don't know, not, not, not. A terrible, terrible amount, right, right? right? Like not like we felt like we were fighting lows all the time. Constantly. Okay. So you had so so who sets up that insulin for you for MDI and do you ride with what they gave you or did you start making adjustments to it? Yeah. Um it's a good question. And you know, part of what what I was reaching about is how I've kind of evolved, particularly myself, mm-hmm. in my thinking about controlling diabetes. Um, so early on, you know, you get these equations and these ratios, and you go, Oh, this is great. This these medical people, they have the answer. I'll just follow these numbers. This is fantastic. Like I can do that. Um, but you know, they did give us really good training and they kind of teed us up for this isn't how everything is going to continue to look into the future. You need to look at, you know, patterns and see where can you adjust. Um, and we latched onto that pretty quickly. I mean, within a couple few months, you know, maybe at first we would call the, the endocrinology team and say, Hey, we saw this, we're, we're thinking we're going to change your carb ratio for lunch. And they'd say, yeah, yeah, give that a try. Um, but then pretty quickly realized like, we're the ones here with, with the insulin pen, you know, why are we, we calling know them? What, yeah. yeah, we know what she's eating. We're going to deal with the ramifications either way. And right. really started taking that on within a few months. And they so. were supportive of that the whole way, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yep. They right. they planted a lot of good seeds. I mean, I, I do, uh, we had, you know, like the section chief for endocrinology was our attending. And, and she planted seeds along the way of, you don't have to start doing this right now, but this is what you need to start thinking about around pre-bolusing around looping. I mean, even that specific like DIY loop, Hey, you may want to start looking into this. People are using this and, and really doing great. You know, we ultimately never did that, but I give them a lot of credit for kind of giving us things to start looking into ourselves. Wow. Okay. All right. So you, you do really want to come on for a specific reason. So tell me what you do for a living. You don't have to tell me where you work, but what do you do and what's your training and your background? Yeah. Yeah. So I am an engineer. Uh, you know, my education is in mechanical engineering, um, and and I work in research and development, right? So I get to put my engineering to use day in and day out. Some of those, you know, scientific concepts and things like that. Um, and I, I've even specifically worked in like areas of, of manufacturing process development. And so much of what goes into a continuous manufacturing process is, closed loop control in, in various forms. Um, and so as I look back on the last three and a half years with, with type one for Anna, um, you know, it's been an interesting journey to how I took kind of that engineering thinking, some of that control thinking from, from my technical background and it's, it's evolved in how I use that and think about it relative to diabetes. Okay. Now, so there are times when I talk to people who have an engineering background and diabetes flummoxes them because it doesn't follow the numbers the way they're told, but sure. you noticed that and you adjusted somehow. Is that right? 
Yes, though not right away. So, you know, kind of the funny stories relating to that, right? So you, you get presented with this diagnosis, you get training, like I say, the equations, right? So there's uh, there's a carb ratio, there's a correction factor, right? So it's a number minus something, apply your correction factor. So I think early on, I was in that camp of, oh, th- this is great. I I will do this math. I am fine with this math. And I will follow this. I will weigh things to the 10th of a gram mm-hmm. and we are going to nail this. And, and I, you know, I did that for a time and, and you get what you get. You don't get consistency. I, I actually, after the first day of, of education in the hospital, I came back and the, the team was doing their rounds in the morning. And so they all came in attending physician and a few others. And, you know, I had come up with these odd combinations of like what her blood blood sugar could be. And what correction factor would result and some carbs and like rounding, like, you know, 0.1 of a, of a unit. And I'm going, no, that's not the right rounding for this. And they're like, well, that's our, that's the rule you use. I'm like, okay, well, it <laughs> seems odd to me. Um, but then, you know, really, um, particularly through the, the podcast. So I've been listening to the podcast for not quite a year and a half started realizing like, okay, if this thing really is this dynamic and it doesn't follow that simple equation, well, you should adapt. You should find out what the control really is, what it really should be. Mm -hmm. And and was able to get on with that. So you were able to, were you able to take the unknown parts, the parts that come from the body and find some rhythm to it or did you just learn to be flexible with it and just go with it? And when it asks for something, you give it to it. Yeah. More so just being able to be flexible. Yeah. It really is the whole key to the thing. It's insulin works the way it works. And if you can get the same, you know, if you can get the same response every time from the body, from the need, then yeah, it all works terrific, but that's, it's not going to happen. And then there's no. variables like, you know, infusion sets, how old they are, where you put them, your hydration, and on and on and on. And you also can't sit down and there's no spreadsheet you're going to make that's going to keep all that straight for you because you don't know, yeah. you'll never know the input from those things ever, yep. you know. So. And, and I do I do try to find little things. So you mentioned spreadsheets. I, I definitely have lots of spreadsheets relating to, to Anna's diabetes. So, you know, I can tell you statistically, over time, how much leg pods have been different compared to arm pods and things. Mm-hmm. And I do that just a little bit of my own, you know, fun, uh, because when you get right down to it, even that impact is really small. And if you compare that to, Hey, what's the difference between a pasta dinner and, you know, bacon and eggs for dinner, that difference really washes out the other things, even though they might be fun little right. calculations. Like, so you, maybe you're on a leg, um, but it's pasta, so you're being pretty hard with the insulin anyway. The leg part doesn't really matter. Uh, That's right. Maybe if it was on a stomach and the stomach worked better for you, then you'd use a little bit less insulin, but not a, not a ton different. I'm I'm looking at the charts you sent. I'm trying to decide, like, how far are you getting into this? Are these are these generated in Excel, or are you in like R and Stat of making these? Yeah, so <laughs> lots in Excel. I do have a couple of other statistical packages I use, like when I when I say that comparison you know, between different parts of the body, I have a couple other statistical packages I've used. Yeah. I, uh, I watched my son do this for his, uh, his degree and I'm starting to learn about it a little bit. I don't know how to use it, but I know what he's doing at least. Why don't you tell me what I'm, 
looking at here a little bit. Yeah. So I have your time and range chart in front of me that goes all the okay. way back to looks like May of 2019 till geez, March till of, last weekend. Yeah. yeah like um, you're right here. That's right. So, so, and this was, you know, when I think you had put out a, a request for people who want to be on the podcast, you know, I, I was certainly interested if really love, you know, your podcast. Oh, I'm glad. Um, and I had the data to back up, which is this chart you're talking about. The fact that the simple matter of, you know, us listening to the podcast and starting to pick up little nuances and try them out, um, has made a shift in the data, right? So the graph, you see time and range. It starts when we started Dexcom and we were on MDI. So you see times and ranges, maybe they averaged. Let's begin today with Dexcom and talk to you about getting the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. There are a ton of management reasons why you would want the Dexcom, but let's start instead with peace of mind. Alerts and alarms set at your discretion. Would you like to know when you're going lower at 90, 80, 70, 105? It's up to you. Same thing about high alarms. We have our high alarms set at 120 and 130, but maybe you want yours at 150 or 110. Again, completely up to you. Then when you reach those thresholds, Dexcom will let you know. When you're using insulin, peace of mind comes from knowing that you're not going to get too high or too low. Dexcom can help you with that. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You want to try it out for yourself? You can. You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. That is something you can find out at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You'll also be able to learn way more about what Dexcom does than what I just told you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm doing it while I'm talking. I've swiped up. The phone has recognized my gorgeous face with Face ID, and I can see that Arden's blood sugar is 109, and it's stable. That was pretty quick, huh? I'm looking at the number, the direction, and the speed of my daughter's blood sugar right here on my iPhone. You could do that as well on your iPhone or your Android device. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening in now, and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom and to the place where we get our diabetes supplies, U.S. Med. U.S. Med is the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre systems nationwide. They're the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash. They're the number one fastest growing tandem distributor. They're where we got the Omnipod 5. And they're also the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. What more do you want than what U.S. Med is offering? USMed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they accept Medicare nationwide as well as over 800 private insurers. They carry everything from insulin pumps to diabetes testing supplies to your latest CGMs, just like I mentioned a moment ago. U.S. Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies, and your shipping will always, always, always be fast and free. Better service than what you're getting now? And better care than you expect. That's what you're going to get at US Med. After this episode, if you're interested in getting the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash, and gosh by golly, you might just be when you hear what Andy says next, please use my link. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. 
So the graph you see time and range, it starts when we started Dexcom and we were on MDI. So you see times and ranges, maybe they averaged 50 something percent. Then the next section on the graph is when we started the Omnipod Dash and just being able to get up in the middle of the night, see a number literally from my bedside table, you know, do a, a bump through the wall. Mm-hmm. Love that about the, you know, kind of remote uh, Bluetooth aspect of the Omnipod. We shifted up. So there's a clear shift in time and range up to the, the high 60%, probably close to 70%, sometimes yeah. close to 80. And then there's the, you know, a juice box section of the graph. And there's another really clear shift up there, uh, really averaged close to 80% time and range. Well, this um, is, this is I, I'd like to explain what, what I'm looking to, to looking at for people. So you have points on a graph um, that that are amazing. I mean, pre-pod, you have it set up. Like you said, probably the average right there is about 50% time and range. How, what is the time and range? What's the range you're looking for? Yeah, those are all uh, against the 70 to 180. You know, we certainly target better than that, but it just keeps the data. Okay. Consistent. So you're about in the 50%. Like that's where your grouping is, where the cluster of your, you know, most of your data points are. And then, like you said, you go to using Omnipod Dash and it comes up, I'd call it like high 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now you start listening to the podcast and it jumps up to, what would you say, 80? Yeah, so, yeah. we average about 80% there. Wow. And there are, you, you have data points listening to the podcast that are almost at 90 as well that's right now here's here's the part that's both impressive and exciting and i think it speaks well for omnipod 5 and for me to be perfectly honest which is you left you left up a little with omnipod 5 (laughs) but it isn't that much better than just doing what the podcast says that that is fair on on these weekly data points so Mm -hmm. far though that we are still trending up i think in the omnipod 5 i'm seeing that too there's no other place on your graph that's bending towards the heavens as much as the Omnipod 5. So you jumped into Omnipod 5 how long ago now? Tell me again. Uh, right about three months. Okay. And so you're, those first couple data points, it's pretty equal with the podcast, a little higher. But then all of a sudden, it's on its way. So would you say you're seeing the algorithm beginning to work better for you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now we're, you know, the last several weeks, and each one of these data points is just the weekly clarity sure. report time and range. And uh, we're now always seemingly low nineties, you know, percent time and range. And the, the average glucose now we're hitting is right about one, one forty, yeah. high one thirties. So give me, um, a little perspective pre pod a one C's in the eights. You said that's right on Omnipod dash. Where do you think she was? Yeah, they were, uh, mid sevens. So okay. range, you know, yeah, mid sevens. Did you get into the fives with me? No. So, um, and actually I have a, a different graph on the thing I'm looking at and it, it lays up the A1Cs next to that. So in the, in our juice box oh, I am time too. period, I have that one too. I'm sorry. Let me scroll. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 So, you know, anywhere from like six and a half to seven, one was kind of our, our juice box time period. And then we actually just had our, our appointment here recently after a couple months on Omnipod five and, and had our first 6.0. Wow. Uh, so really excited about that and i would imagine and let me say i i fully expect less work with omnipod 5 than following the podcast absolutely yeah yeah. okay particularly the fact that we sleep through the night you know i i 
yeah. get the thing teed up where I want it, go into bed, and I'm I have pretty good confidence it's going to stay there. Yeah, I I I don't think um I think the longer you do the podcast way, I don't know if that's a thing really. <laughs> the way I talk about diabetes, if you do that in your real life, I think it. Did you notice it getting easier as time was going on? Yes, yeah. I would say so, right? Because you you just pick up little little nuances. You have that flexibility in your thinking. I think that's really the key thing. It's just be flexible. Yeah, there are cases where you need more insulin. You don't have to solve why necessarily. You you got to meet the need. Right, right. I, it's so cool to hear people say something that occurred to me <laughs> because yeah. I I um well okay. So let me ask you this. So as you're doing it the podcast way, I can't believe I'm saying that because <laughs> I don't even believe that, but. But you're being flexible. You're understanding how insulin works. You know, you're not looking at high blood sugars, not doing stuff about it. You're not overcorrecting lows, that kind of stuff. When you're doing that and it's getting a little easier as it goes along. But but is it was it sustainable? Yeah, that, that's the it's a great question. And actually, our our endo the appointment before last, she was super kind and, and really drilled into that question. Like you guys, this is great, but are you good? Um, and overall, I, I actually think yes. So, um, we were able to, to kind of have, you know, a learning mindset and know that yet yeah, we're being flexible. Yes. We're going to meet the needs and we're not always going to be perfect. So like, we're not going to beat ourselves up if, we do something or we try a bolus and it doesn't exactly hit right. Um, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't easy. I don't think managing diabetes in, in any form is, but um, it, it was sustainable. I do think so. Now did I get less sleep, you know, even four months ago. Yes. Um, but it was sustainable. Yeah. I agree. By the way, I just, I think that, this is so interesting looking at this on your the way you have it graphed out because basically MDI is is how things used to be and you were MDI with a CGM by the way so right. th what what are you really missing MDI that you didn't have with the pod was it that you didn't want to be you weren't looking to give her a quarter of a unit or a half a unit through an injection to move a number. You were happier to look at a higher number than to have to shoot her more. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. just the ability to you on the on the pod and even that that remote aspect i don't even have to walk up but within five ten feet of anna and give a little dose i realized man it needs that extra even for her at the time just needs that extra point two and it's going to make the difference i didn't even have a pen that could give a point two right right, right. So. I, I remember thinking when arden went from shots to omnipod a long time ago i remember believing that one of the best points of this not only what we just said about being able to give small corrections but it was um for her not to have to be interacted with as much mm -hmm. um just her not to feel like god this is happening again this is happening again because you see it on their face and then that makes you less likely to want to do it and then suddenly you find yourself in that scenario where you're going well our blood sugar is only 160 i guess i'll just leave it alone i don't want to bother her. i don't want to shoot her with this needle again and, yeah. um, and that's a, that's a big piece of it. Also, I would think, how much did you get into looking at basal rates once you went from MDI? That must've been a picnic for you. You must've been happy. Your little math yeah. brain must've been excited. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> so we did, you know, 
uh, definitely like temp basils and being able to identify where we needed different basal rates. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't try to overdo that too much, but I mean, your point on, on Anna doesn't even notice. So like the school nurse, she sneaks into the classroom all the time and will be on the computer with her headphones on. And she's like, yep, I sent the dose guys. She, she didn't even see me. So, uh, there, there is something to that. I know, um, when you're on an algorithm, sometimes, Arden and I were in the car recently and we were driving along and we stopped at a light and the music stopped for a second. It got really quiet and we just heard click, click, <laughs> click. And I was like, oh, you're getting insulin. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You, you don't even really think about it. Uh, it just sort of happens. Um, okay. So what did you, because you started Omnipod 5 three months ago. Then my okay. Omnipod 5 episodes that I did in conjunction with Insulate they weren't out yet. So how was it starting on the pod five without any kind of real information? Yeah. Um, overall it went pretty well. We, we felt great with the dash. I, you know, I think it was a pretty good experience to transition from dash to five and do the online training. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that like, I'll read the whole manual front to back. Um, and so I, I did that for the Omnipod five and, and I actually do think there's value. So for, things that helped us in going to Omnipod five, for example, and I, and I see questions that come up a lot. It's a, it's a great question. It's a logical one is, Oh, this, this max basal rate that, that must mean something. Uh, that's a setting in Omnipod five. You Mm -hmm. probably know, but it doesn't have anything to do with the algorithm. That's a, that's a, make sure you don't fat finger typing in a basal rate thing. So just understanding even through the manual and through the video training, how is this thing working? What is it looking at? Um, and knowing that it's looking at total daily insulin and that's really how it's making calculations. So then I knew, okay, if, if the knob to turn, so to speak, to get this thing to react is total daily insulin, I need to impact the total daily insulin. And if I'm in auto mode, the way to do that is, uh, bolusing. So we were able to, you know, I, I think I see, you know, people, other groups I'm a part of there, there are struggles transitioning to, and as that, the the pod five is learning. Um, there are definitely struggles, but I just say like, we don't oblige high, high blood sugars. And so if I got to give a half a unit, then you do, I'm doing it. And then the algorithm learns that, you know, the algorithm, I guess is saying to itself in very rudimentary ways, I use this much insulin, but the user keeps coming in and putting in more. So I'll get more aggressive with it as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All it knows is, you know, the last three days, you know, we use 22 units of insulin. Yeah. Well, that's like the, the new kind of baseline. And I do think, you know, my background and as I understand control systems and sensing in, in my world and my technical world, I was able to say, really just dig into what are those details that matter? And let's, mm-hmm. let's hone in on that with the, the pod. How much of that do you think helped you? Well, I, I have a two, I guess I have a two tone question here, but did anything about what you learned from me help you use the algorithm? It's a good question. Um, yes, yes. Undoubtedly, particularly meet the need. Like I knew that whatever FDA approval went through and all that to sit there and like stay in automated mode as it would learn and be sitting at like 200, 
I wasn't going to just sit there and watch that. Whether or not it would mess up the learning, um, I was going to to meet the need and, and give insulin. So yeah. even even if that was going to throw off the learning, which I, I didn't think it would, right? The algorithm learning, I was going to do that because how Anna do you sit? How do you sit and look at it? Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I have. I had very similar feelings when we when we were setting up Omnipod Five. I was like, I got a bolus. Like, yeah. what what are we doing here? I have to bolus. I think we started it with not enough basil and mm. that i i followed that idea for a while then i really i realized that arden was having other impacts that i was also seeing it was flummoxing loop as well so okay. the, these impacts were flummoxing loop they flummoxed on the pod five um and then we were able to actually change her her health um in an interesting way which i'm going to bring up a couple of times in the podcast so um we learned that Arden wasn't digesting her food. She had gastritis, basically. And so food wasn't going through her quickly enough. And we were seeing these, like almost every meal looked like a high-fat meal all of a sudden because it the impact was lasting too long. The blood sugar was too high. You, you, you felt like you couldn't give her enough insulin all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we went through all the although I don't, I don't know how to put it like normal doctors, you could to try to figure out what was going on. And I've told this, I've told this on another episode. that's not out yet, but um, when she got a endoscopy that, you know, looked in her stomach said, Hey, there's a lot of inflammation in here. There's even some like lettuce left over from last night in here, which shouldn't be. Um, Mm -hmm. They did a couple of biopsies. Nothing was crazy wrong. And they said, you know, we're going to put her on a gastroparesis diet, which freaks you out because of diabetes. But gastroparesis is a generalized medical term that means slow digestion, right? When you when you think of it in in terms of diabetes, you think, oh God, there's been some nerve damage, and I'm not, you know. So anyway, after we all got past that moment where the doctor is like, oh, this is just some gastroparesis, we were like, wait, what? And um. And, and he's like, no, it's just it's slow digestion. And I was like, okay, could we just, why don't we just fucking call it slow digestion? Okay, man. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, let's do that. Let's stick with that if you don't mind, you know? And yeah. uh, he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, all right, good. Uh, I said, um, and then he wanted to give her, you know, being a kind of a, you know, a general doctor. I, I, don't, I don't know what the word is I want not an outside of the box thinker doing what the system says, right? Mm-hmm. Here's medicine for pain. So her stomach doesn't hurt anymore. And here's this, and here's that. And let's put her on a super restrictive diet where she won't eat anything that isn't easy to digest. Well, my God, it's like no skin, no raw vegetables, no meat, no oh. like anything that takes any kind of time to digest. And God bless her. She did it for like a week before she was like, listen, I, think I'd prefer for my stomach just to hurt, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I was like, all right. Um, but we didn't want that obviously. And she was a month or so away from going to college. And I just, I did not want to send Arden to school with stomach pain that she had had for, I mean, if I'm being honest with you for years, maybe, mm-hmm, you, you know, mm-hmm. off and on for years, getting worse and worse. And so, um, we went to, uh, I just, I just said, look, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, what do we really need here? Like, what does this really need? We need food to clear her stomach quicker. We need her to eliminate the waste so that they can her stomach can continue to clear, right? This is what we're looking for. I went to a health food store. 
And I was like, I need digestive enzymes. Is that a thing? I was like, what do I put in the belly to make the food digest faster? And she's Mm -hmm. like, there's something called digestive enzymes. I didn't know about that before. I was like, that's great. Perfect. Give me those. And um, she's like, let's give her, uh, I think, a probiotic to help heal her stomach. And and then we went back to her a week later. I was like, listen, this is all great. All this stuff I'm talking about, these high blood sugars at meals, like gone. Not even that, but she's eating like, high fat meals that aren't showing high blood sugars anymore. I was like, this is the the digestion part of this is great. I said, we're not seeing the action on the other side as much though. And she's like, ah, magnesium oxide gives us one of those. Arden gets on a better blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, her system is running really well. Yeah. And in the week before, you know, we were getting ready to leave for college I'm starting to see like low blood sugars. I was like, what's going on? You know? So at first you just do it the way you always do it. You're just managing, managing. And four or five days into it, we're now driving down to Georgia. We're on a long car ride where I really expected Arden's blood sugar to go up for all the sedentary, you know, just not moving all day long. Mm -hmm. And she was still on the low, like she was good, not low, but like super like good blood sugars. I was like, this doesn't make sense. You know? And then we get there and that night in the hotel, her blood sugar is just low, and we can't get it mm. up. And then the next day, it's choppy during the day. We're correcting lows, trying to figure out what's going on. Her first night in her dorm, she is low all night. Like, wow. I'm up the road at a hotel, and we're we're texting and fixing her blood sugars over and over again. Um, and I'm like, what is going on? Now, I should tell you that right before we left, a couple, I don't know, a month or so before, Arden stopped using Omnipod 5 and she went back to Loop because she was okay. more comfortable with it and she didn't want to carry the PDM as she was going off to college. She's like, yeah. she's like, I really know how Loop works. Um, Omnipod 5 is not difficult, but I have to carry an extra thing. Can I just go back to Loop? And we we're like, yeah, that's fine. So she went back to Loop. Um, but even on Loop, like we're like saving lows all night long. So I wake up the mm. next day. I'm like, I have to rethink this whole thing. You know, like something's wrong. I looked at the digestion piece. Her body's working differently. So her need's different now. And yeah. if I told you that her insulin sensitivity went from like 42 to 70, her basal wow. rate during the day went from 1.1 to 6 point, to 0.65. And her carb ratio went from like four, four and a half. Yeah, four and a half carbs a unit for four and a half carbs to maybe it's like six now wow and then everything leveled right out so now we're in the process of fine-tuning as she's actually going through her first week of school but it's all i could think of earlier when you were talking about like be flexible it's you know it's timing and it's amount but then it's timing and amount and flexibility fighting against these other forces that you have no yeah. idea what they're going to be. And, um, and that just showed it. So with, with poor digestion and poor elimination, Arden's insulin needs probably were 35, 40% greater than they needed to be. Wow. Fast. It's fascinating, you know? Yeah. That's something. Yeah. So anyway, now she's good again and we're just, you know, we're now we're just learning how to, you know, how to live through, different schedules and it's much hotter there than it is here, but she's doing really well with it. So anyway, that's great. Yeah, that's great. So how much of this, um, 
how much of st the stability that you have right now do you ever look at and think, well, sure, but there's no hormones yet? Because your daughter's young. She's seven. <clears throat> yeah, right? yeah, she's seven. Yeah. So so that I, I do think about that. Um, largely, though, we leave that worry for a, a future year. It's a good idea. Um, you know, and I, I kind of look at it and go, all right, I've, I hear that's challenging. That's going to be really dynamic. Um, but even then, you know, think about, okay, how can we track cycles and, and be able to kind of tackle them that way? Uh, so I largely stay like blissfully away from that. thought. <laughs> it's a good idea. You have many years. I mean, you might have six years till you have to worry about that. If you're lucky, yeah. that'd be yeah. nice. Trust me. It's not a lot of fun, but it's also not, it's also not unknowable, right? It's mm -hmm. just, and, and I can't wait to see how algorithms handle stuff like that. You know, so sure. And I and I do wonder too how they're going to improve as time goes on because as well as Omnipod Five is working for you right now, this is the first iteration of this algorithm for them, right? You know, so what what happens in the future? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you, I you know I don't see myself going into the line of work around developing diabetes technologies. I guess never say never, but some ideas that I have in that way. You know, if you think about like people wear smartwatches, right? What kind of data does smartwatches have on people around heart rates, temperatures, I assume? Um, what is other sensing we could do? You know, what if the, the Dexcom sensor had one section of the wire that was doing what it does today and another part measured a different hormone or it measured adrenaline, right? I think there's some, obviously you look at things like bionic pancreases, that's an area of development, but I think there's just like, we're getting into machine learning in a lot of different places. And if you can bring in more inputs, right, we all know it's not just the carbs and it's not just the blood sugar. Yeah. Those are the two things we, we pretty well know and, and can measure today. But what, what else is out there that's maybe being measured just passively, right, by like a, a smartwatch um, or that you could measure alongside it and put together a, a really smart system? So it would pick up that adrenaline rise because it, it would detect the adrenaline. Now I, I can, I could imagine the FDA <laughs> choking that. on this concept as I speak, but um, yeah, there's some really interesting things out there that well, can be done. Yeah, the machine learning aspect of it is, is really, I mean, I think that's the best path to more because, you know, I mean, think you look up at the night sky and you think you see a certain amount of stars and there's, billions more than you can see. And right now, like you said, we're looking at, you know, carbs, basically, and insulin. Mm -hmm. They don't, yep. most doctors won't even tell you about the impact of fat or protein. So, right. you know, and these are quantifiable ideas and we don't talk about them. We're talking about two, two of the things and how many of, how many more can there be? Like, all right, you're always, the insulin on the one side is always going to be the insulin, but how many more things could the insulin be thinking about I think it's a great idea, and I don't know how well people understand the concept of machine learning, but the, um, the the best way I can describe it from things I know just from pop culture is that uh, Tesla, for example, had to build their own computers to do the computations that they're getting back from self-driving, like the, mm -hmm. that a computer didn't exist that was strong enough to even think about all the data that they had, and once they... So at some point, they were like, we have all this data. We can't even compile it and make sense out of it. So we'll build a better computer that does that. And now this, you know, I don't know how well self-driving is ever going to work, but however well it's going to work, we are going to get to it much faster 
because mm -hmm. there are computers looking at these data points and saying, okay, this we can count on, this we can yeah. count on, you know, and I don't know how long that takes. Those computers probably in a week do what it would take a human being a, a year to accomplish, I would imagine. Yeah. So, or, or thousands of years, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Like <laughs> a long ass time because we're not so smart. And, 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 and look how that applies to diabetes, right? There are all these other things happening that we just can't keep in our heads, which is mm -hmm. why, which is why, you know, it's funny, you said something earlier that really fits into how I think, which is why I've, I don't want to say dumbed down, but why I talk about diabetes the way I do, because there are some ideas that if you just give yourself over to them, will cover most situations. But if you get caught up trying to think of exactly what's happening in every situation and scenario, you, it'll just be analysis paralysis, right? You'll sit there, you won't be able yeah. to do anything. Yeah. So some things, like you said earlier, data, sh yes, I can see a difference between sites, but mm -hmm. it's not appreciable enough to make some big adjustment over, right? Right, so, that's right. So your blood sugar's high, use more insulin. Your blood yep. sugar's low, use less insulin. You know what I mean? You, you spike too fast before a meal, try changing your pre-bolus. Like that kind of stuff is, uh, it handles most things. So I don't know. Yeah. My my inability to see the bigger, I can see the bigger picture, I can't understand it, which made me run back to, like let's, let's, let, let's simplify this with t-shirt slogans basically. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I can't believe it worked for you because your mind and my mind are probably radically different. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, how does your daughter do with diabetes in general? How is it on the personal side? Yeah, super well. She, she's, um, incredibly smart and, um, you know, so actually early on, actually I, I asked uh, my wife last night, I said, yeah, when did we start Dexcom? And so she pulled up what was the video of Anna doing a tutorial on like Dexcom number two that she put on. She's got this cute little four-year-old voice, maybe mm -hmm. late three-year-old voice. And she's going, this is my Dexcom G6. And, and, um, just, just talking everybody through it, sharing with, with anybody and everybody. Um, so it, it is really nice to see, obviously I wish she wasn't as smart about diabetes related things, uh, like if she wouldn't have it, but, but she does and she rolls with it so well. Um, you know, I think in, in school navigating, well, why does Anna get a starburst every once in a while? Or, you know, how are we going to manage where the devices go? And like, is a phone a fun thing to play with? Or is that a, a medical device? Right. That's a little challenge. Yeah. It goes away as they get older. Um, yeah. There was one kid in high school that tried to make a big deal out of it. Um, Arden was the only kid that could keep her cell phone on her going into this one room. And the kid's like, why does she get to keep her cell phone? And it became like a thing. And yeah. the teacher called me and said, we're going to have to take Arden's cell phone from her because people are complaining. I was like, well, Hey, you're thinking about that backwards. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, but, um, no, I said, why don't you, um, go back to the student and tell them if they want to get an incurable disease, they can keep their cell phone too. There. That's right. Seems fair. And, yeah. uh, and that seemed to put an end to it. But it was interesting how it was interesting how the teacher went with <sighs> was willing to ignore the whole health ramifications of it just to make mm -hmm. the argument go away. Like, yeah. let's just make her happy and put our cell phone in the thing. Like, uh, no, no. <laughs> sorry, we're not doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I take your point. There, there's things that they, they get and there's things that they understand that you'd would be much happier if they didn't have to understand, but 
Yeah. It is. And so she, she doesn't know, you know, we'll say, well, Anna, you, you can address that however you like, you know, you could, if, when they ask you, what's that bandage on your arm, you could say, oh, it's just something I I have to wear. Or you could say, that's the next comment, measure my blood sugar. But then she is intelligent enough to say, well, yeah, but then they'll say, well, what's blood sugar? And, and, you know, now I'm, the fun little now I'm having first grade that dynamic. <laughs> well, that's excellent. So she's not having any trouble that you can see so far. What and you guys are getting through okay. Did has it caused any um, issues for you? Anything that you would tell people to look out for? Yeah, I, I mean, um, definitely more stressful. Um, so you, you got to just give yourself grace. Give give whoever your team is. You know, for us, like I said, I have an amazing wife. Um, we are so fortunate with the school team we have, both the teachers, counselors, principal, nursing staff. Um, so I could definitely see if you didn't have some of those support systems and people that were on your team and going along saying, hey, we're, we're taking your lead, mom and dad, because you know this the best. Um, I could see that just being incredibly frustrating and stressful. So, you know as much as possible, getting those, those support teams on your side, you know, family, we are fortunate to have family, uh, locally and, and they get involved and learn. Um, so yeah, overall it goes pretty well. I, I think, um, you know, I'm able to, to compartmentalize the things I, it, I think it weighs on my wife a, a little bit more mentally just around, um, feelings of guilt. Like if something isn't like if a blood sugar is running high and she's like, I gave this bolus and um, you know, and I'm like, you made exactly the right decision. So I think being able to coach yourself just around, I need to kind of separate what was this outcome, you know, from this given bolus or, or, or did I give the right amount of juice to start bringing something up? It's not a reflection on you as a, as a person, right? It's just, you tried something and here was the result. It either worked great and you, you, you brought the the high down or, Maybe it stayed up for another two hours. Yeah. Now, I think it's incredibly important not to ignore what you learned, but not to take it on as some sort of a personal failing either. Yeah. It's just, it really is all, it's just you're having these experiences over and over again, and you should be incrementally learning from them, you mm-hmm. know, um, and not spending your time beating yourself up. Because I do think you lose the, I think you lose the, the teaching of the moment, if you spend that time saying, oh, I did it wrong. It's not what happened. I mean, you know, it's it's an extension of when you hear people say diabetes. I do everything the same one day as I do the next day, and I get totally different results. And I understand the feeling, but it's not true. Something's different, right? Mm-hmm. You you might not know what it is, but something's different. You can't You can't take that on as a personal failure because... I don't know. You had a hormonal shift overnight that you're unaware of at the moment. That's not yeah. you messing up. It's a it's a variable you can't see. Um, so don't worry about. That's why I tell people like, don't worry about why. Just fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't. I mean, I I know you want to understand, and you're hoping to stop it next time. That all makes sense. But in the moment, why is not important. And yeah. the amount of feedback I get from people that say that 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 one idea. It was like a saving grace for them. Um, it, it's it's fascinating, really. You people get stuck on the wrong things, and uh, and then they just they can't let go of it. They get their teeth into it, and they just can't let go of it. Tell me about starting Omnipod Five. So, 
how did you decide what settings to put in? And now, first of all, I want to say there's somebody has to be listening to this from Insulet who is so thrilled you read that manual. They're probably they, <laughs> any idea. I wrote, the, I wrote chapter four. How much work time. must have went into that manual and people probably pick it up and flip through the book and set it back down again. And you're like, I read it cover to cover. I'm sure when that happened, somebody giggled. and was like, thank That's you. Uh, but But tell me, you know, what did you do? I guess, where were her settings on Dash and how did you put them into Omnipod 5? Yeah. Um, so we had, you know, we were pretty consistent with with making sure that her basal profile was where we wanted it. It wasn't too crazy segmented, but we knew some areas like in the, in the nighttime that needed to be a little different than a morning, than a daytime. So overall, we, we took things directly over. Um so, right, just basal profile as it was, carb ratios as they were, because, again, we, we do um, we do carb count and just bolus, you know, put the carbs in and, and use that. Um, so I put them straight over. I will say, looking back with what I know now, and I think you said a, a similar thing, I would, I would have punched up just all the numbers across the board a little bit. Okay. So I'd have punched up the basal, you know, her, her basal um, – Average is probably about 0.4 units an hour. And, you know, even if it are just bumping them up to that 0.45, just give everything a little bit more, maybe touch. Because ultimately, some of what we did, for example, was we edged carb ratios down a little bit, right? So more insulin, a little bit more insulin for the same amount of carbs. Um, so just knowing how that algorithm learned and the total daily insulin, um, I would have just set things up so they got a little more insulin starting out. Okay. Right? Give it a better starting point, a better learning starting point. Okay. I actually just thought of something I wanted to tell Arden. I just jotted it down in front of me based off of what we were just talking about. Um, so a little more aggressive on all the numbers because let me guess why. Because you still bump and nudge a little bit with my system. So you're adding extra insulin in along the day. Because you can't figure out where it goes yourself. You're not sure, does it belong in the basal? Does it belong in the meal correction? Like that kind of stuff. So if right. you, your settings are what your settings are, but you're adding in a few more units across the board, you're like, let me just split that 50-50. I'll put some of it in the carb ratio and I'll put some of it in the basal so that the algorithm understands how much total daily insulin I'm using. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and, that and and I think based on what I see feedback from, from people, um, I think the the way they set up the learning for the starting out with Omni five five was was conservative, right? I mean, if you think of the FDA and what these companies have to do, they they need to ensure that that safety. Um, so I would just try to take out a little bit of the the conservatism. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I I I take your point. I think you're probably right. I've never obviously been in one of those meetings, but I would imagine what the meeting is is look, you're going to give this to X amount of people. And our goal is for zero of them to experience low blood sugars. So, yeah. you know, how do you do that? You probably lean in that direction. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Maybe I'd share a couple just uh, kind of like hospital, you know, admitted stories. And then maybe have one funny question slash bone to pick with you. Cool. Uh, we'll see if we can get that. Every day, Andy, every day, I'm not lying to you. I plunk this thing down. I put this, I put this microphone in front of me and I think this is going to be the day. Someone just says, 
you're an asshole. I don't yeah. agree with you. Let's go. And we're going to have some great yeah. conversation about it. Maybe today will be that day. There you go. <laughs> go um, so, I mean, a couple of the, the, the stories we were f- reflecting on, you know, I mentioned my wife, uh, she was a, a pediatric nurse at this children's hospital we went to on uh, her specialty had been oncology for years. Right. So uh, get the, get the surprising news that, Hey, you got to go down to the ER and then, Hey, you're, you're getting admitted. So it was this really bizarre situation, particularly for my wife that, um, you know, she's seeing physicians walking around and they're all doing double takes with each other. Like, haven't you floated to this floor before? Yeah. And so that was, that was definitely, um, just a bizarre situation, but then it also resulted in you know, really good intention people, but saying, Oh, Oh yeah, you're a nurse here. You, you know, all this probably. And then they, they were literally going to cut short our education. Cause they're like, Oh, well, she's a nurse. Like you, you guys know this, but really fortunately, uh, Laura's like, uh, my specialty is oncology, not diabetes and endocrinology. So I don't know this. You, you should assume I don't know this. And in fact, I don't. Right. Uh, so I give her a lot of credit for that. And, um, and then we did, we actually got a, a really good education, you know, the full, whatever it was, three day deal, um, which I, I do, I, I give our, our team in the hospital there a lot of credit. I hear obviously, unfortunately, bad not, stories. Not everybody gets the, well, yeah. you know what too, <laughs> everybody's different. Is that a nice way of saying it? You you know, like like even the things that I say on the podcast, what I said, you were like, oh, that makes sense. And then you went and did it in the manner that I would hope that you would. But Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who probably hear me and then go off and don't do it the right way. You, You know, like, and so then you get caught in that scenario where you're like, well, what are we not going to say it out loud? Because some people aren't going to understand it. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. Like everybody's not going to be on the same you know, starting level. And th- that doesn't mean that they, they don't get to hear the information. It, it's, it's, um, it, it's the one thing you can't fix about this. You can't, you can't put everybody in the same place and then tell yeah. them something and have them go off and have the same. I mean, you have had an, an astonishing outcome with your daughter over and over again, like switching from yeah. MDI to pumping from pumping, listen to the podcast and podcast. you just keep doing it. it this thing, whatever this is, fits well with how you think. Yeah. And that doesn't make you smarter or doesn't make somebody else stupider. You know what I mean? It's it's uh it's just the situation you get into. And then the, they yeah. do the same thing in the hospital. Right. right? They're just like, here, here it is. And you're like, I, I I don't know. Like I'm sad. I'm upset. This isn't my vibe. I'm super artistic. I'm not good with math. Meanwhile, you don't have to be good with math. I'm yeah. I, my my major like I want to remember to say about you, I'm super impressed at how you, how you gave away the parts of your thinking that didn't, that didn't jive with what you needed to do. Because Mm -hmm. I've, I have talked to other people who beat their head through five concrete blocks, not wanting to give up the idea that this is the carb ratio. You know what I mean? So I don't know why I still you hang able. on to bits and pieces. You know, I, we got a scale in the kitchen. I use it more than anybody else does, but <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and then, yeah, I hear you, you know, a couple of our other, a couple of things blew my mind while we were admitted there, you know, to, to start this journey. Um, the, the first one being that I don't think we were ever 
sat down and presented a test result that said, your daughter has type one diabetes, right? So it all, it all played out. Um, pediatrician couldn't, you know, was like, man, I don't know what's going on. Let me do a, as, as Anna's they're put on their coast to leave the pediatrician when we had taken her in saying something's off. He goes, you know, let me do a, let me do a finger stick real quick. And so you progress from that. And obviously there's high blood sugars. Like they're all like, well, she, you know, she has diabetes, so you need to go. And, but it blew my mind. And I, I, they're in the chart probably, but we were never presented like either. These are the, the, the antibodies or whatever it is. So so one that just blew my mind of, we just started acting that way. Right. We just started giving her insulin. Um, I thought that was a, a funny thing. I understand. And, and then the other one is the first time, maybe it was on day one or day two, the nurse said, okay, dad, you know, it's, it's your turn for this injection for lunch, maybe. And I was like, what you we're in the hospital. You're the, you're the nurse. That's, that's what you do. We come to the hospital for the medical people to do the medical things. Why, why would I do this? And right. Just being so naive at what the next days, weeks, months, years was going to look like. But I, I look back on that. Last, I mean, it was, it was just so startling to hear that. I'm like, what? I'd be like a, you know, a, a patio layer comes to your house and goes, here's how he puts the bricks down. Okay. You put the bricks your down. Turn. <laughs> I, no, I'm not. So that, that was just so funny we, to reflect on. We stopped in the commissary at the hospital when we were discharged because I think we didn't want to do the first shot, not in the hospital. Like yeah. we went downstairs, bought food, and then we're sitting on those like horrible plastic chairs and I'm holding <laughs> this needle like down on my knee to put it in her leg, you know, and yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like this is, this is not going to work out well. And it yeah. does, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it eventually works out well. Um, but I take your point, like, just why are you involving me in this? And, th- and that's yeah. when it hits you, right? Oh my God, we're going to leave here. Yeah. That lady's not coming with us. No, you, you I don't have to do this. Yeah. yeah it's going to be us <laughs> two o'clock in the morning. I'm, t- I'm, I called that poor doctor in the middle of the night, the first night. And I said, Arden's blood sugar is high. And I think I want to give her a half a unit of insulin. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, can I do that? And she goes, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay. She goes, what's the blood sugar? And I told her and she goes, yeah, go ahead, do it. Test again in a little while. And I was like, all right, thank you. I'm sorry. I woke you up at three, four o'clock in the morning. You know, this lovely endocrinologist. Um, but I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. So anyway, um, all right. You want to pick a bone? Is that right? Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. So, um, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm just curious about this. It's a question I have. You, you often will ask people, particularly around basils, like away from food and insulin, what's a number your, your blood sugar will sit at. Right. Um, and, and I think you're often asking around, you know, is the basal rate right? Um, and I, I think I hear you describing it as, you know, if, if their answer was, well, yeah, I, I sit steady overnight at 160, you might propose, well, your basal isn't, isn't heavy enough there. But um, my, my bone to pick with that is I'm thinking if that line is flat at whatever number it may be away from food, away from insulin, that's actually telling you your basal is, is right at that time. You just need a shifted starting point. So I don't know. This is my, 
one of my favorite online arguments about diabetes. <laughs> I have a couple of them. This is one of them. Um, okay. So, <laughs> oh my God, how did you pick on one of them that I love? In, unless you were going to bring up the about diabetes uh, at Disney and not being and it not being a disability, that is an argument I also uh, enjoy watching people okay. have. So here's what I think. I am in this odd scenario in people's minds the great and powerful Oz, okay? And they're mm-hmm. coming to to the Emerald City to ask a question. And I can't possibly know what the answer is. Like, I, I don't live with them. I don't see it happen over and over again. They're throwing a graph at me, and they're like, hey, tell me everything that's wrong with my kid's basal right now. So I ask the question, away from active insulin, away from a correction or an ins- you know, uh, insulin you've used for food, where does your blood sugar most often sit stable? And if it's a higher number, okay, what would happen next if you corrected that number? Would it drop down and stay down or would it drop down and come back up? I'm trying to get them to think it through because I can't be sure of anything I'm saying. So the idea is let's get away from active insulin first because then we're seeing stability, right? So the basal's working on some level. Are you at Mm -hmm. 150 or are you at 75? If you're at 75, your basal is either great, depending on what you want, or a little heavy, maybe. Maybe you want your blood sugar to be a little higher. If it's at 150 and you want your blood sugar to be 150, then right on. But if you don't want it to be 150, here's the next question. If we just turned the basal up magically, would it bring you down to 130 and hold you there? Maybe. Also, mm-hmm. maybe the basal's perfect and you made a mistake earlier with a meal or there was fat in a meal that you didn't didn't think of. So then let's correct it and see, does it go down and come back up or does it go down and stay down? If it goes down and comes back up, I think it's likely your basal is not strong enough. If it Mm -hmm. goes down and stays down, then you did something in the past and maybe your basal is okay. I'm just trying to get people to think about it that way. Because in my mind, that's the simplest way to do it without basal testing. Because when you tell somebody to basal test, what they think is, oh, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I hear you. We so, haven't done that. Right, right. So I'm trying to get them to where they need to be because I think that the establishment tells them, I can't answer that question, basal test. Mm-hmm. And they know damn well when you tell people to basal test, they're not going to do it. So yeah. it's a cop out. So I didn't want to cop out on people when they asked the question. Um, another way of saying all this is, are you more frequently stopping lows with carbs or highs with insulin? If mm-hmm. you're more frequently stopping lows with carbs, maybe your basal's too heavy. You know, it's not for sure. Maybe you're screwing up your meal insulin and mm-hmm. you're constantly having to stop it later. I don't know. I'm not there. If I was there, I could figure it out in about an hour and a half, but I'm yeah. not, I'm not there and I can't be there. And what I've learned is people are not going to stop asking me this question. So does that make sense? And do you still think I'm wrong? Cause you felt like um, it does make sense. And earlier you said our brains probably work differently. And I, I think that is the case on this point. I'll say it like, like diplomatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think about it differently to me. It, it's that point on particularly where it tends to be away from insulin and food are those overnight hours, right? So let's say, you know, midnight to, to five or whatever. To me, that key question around basal is, is it stable? So forget the number, if it's stable at 70, if it's stable at 100 or 150. If it's stable, right, that rate of change of of the blood sugar, that to me is answering the question uh, on the basal. Because let's say it's stable at 150 most of the time, you know, overnight hours, 
and you you increase that basal, I think what you could end up with is you've actually just been slightly missing your say a, a dinner bolus, but then you sit stable because the basal keeps you right there. Um, and if you increase that basal, you're actually going to get a a declining line, right? Like a slow downhill right. overnight. Now, is that good? Is that bringing your, your blood sugar down? Yes. Um, but I'd really rather just sit stable at like 98. No, me too. Yeah, I I think that's a great number. Also, there's more to consider when you're talking to masses of people. So if this conversation is between you and I, I think, yeah, that makes sense. Because you see this input of data, and then you make more decisions, right? You Mm -hmm. don't just stop. Whereas most people are just, they don't want, I hate to say this, but most people don't want the level of granularity that you're interested in. They just want it to work. They don't have the time, the interest, or the ability to think it through to the nth degree. And they're looking for what works. So you go back to old days in MDI when they knew people weren't bolusing for their their food. They would just keep jacking up their basil because they're like, they'd be like, look, this guy's never going to give himself insulin for food. So what are we going to do to try Mm -hmm. to keep him alive as long as we can? Is that the right way to do it? It's not. It ended up being the best thing they could do for that person. And so my expectation is anybody who thinks that the podcast is some set of rules set in stone, and if you just do it, everything works out right. I don't intend it that way. I'm telling you, this Mm -hmm. is how we do it. And then once you do it that way, you probably are going to then take it and adapt it to the way your body works, your exercise schedule, the way your brain thinks about things. There's a lot more coming that I'll never have any input on. And, And what I think I've done if I'm going to give myself credit for something, is I think I found a median, is median the right word, where nobody is screwed and everybody has a chance to do better. That's yeah. what I think the information I share does. I think it doesn't, it isn't going to screw you up. And depending on how far you want to dig into it, you can do better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I, because I, as I look back on it in the very beginning, I was like, well, I know if I do this, this works but it's not going to work that way for everybody. So then what most people did in the space or what most people do in any space is they go, Oh, okay. There's no answer. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to help people. And I just thought Mm -hmm. like, that can't be okay. Like there's gotta be a way to adapt this enough that it helps somebody. So if I get to know a person who's got an 11, a one C who listens to the podcast now has an eight, a one C that's terrific. If they never do better than that, I I still took three points out of their A1C. You know, if I take somebody from a seven to a five and a half, that's great. Um, You know, but it's also why I love the the idea of the algorithms because you put an algorithm on somebody and just give it, but Omnipod 5 is a great example because it is a really hands-off device. You really do not Mm -hmm. need to know anything about how it works, right? Um, You put it on somebody and some people say, oh, it's better. My A1C is this now, but I still have high blood sugars. But I want the thing to take care of it. So they won't bolus it. Whereas yeah. you looked at it and you're like, I don't give a shit how this thing works. I'm not letting my kid's blood sugar be 180. I'm giving her more insulin again, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. And I I can't be with everybody. So I just tried to find a middle that helps as many people as possible. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. And undoubtedly, you do uh, help help a ton of people. We obviously hear that a bunch. I have the data that backs it up. Uh, you know, I may have to put these graphs out there when this airs. I do have a prediction. I'll be right about 880-ish 
uh, episode number. That's that's my guess. So well, no, you're way off on this, Andy. I'm putting this out really quick. Uh oh. <laughs> well, because why? <laughs> Couple things. <laughs> Here's why. I think our conversation should make people interested in looking into Omnipod 5, and I want people to be healthy. So I want to get that out quickly. I also think that your charts really highlight that my podcast works really well. (laughs) I'd like that to get out into the world as quickly as possible. Uh, Not, I don't, it's not for me. I I enjoy that it's true. Like, I have to admit, when I looked at this graph, I was like, wow, it just made me feel, um, I don't know. It, 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 it gave me some like justification. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, wow, this is, this isn't just how I, like, this isn't just me thinking like somebody went and plotted points and, and it shows like, if you want, if you want to do as well as you can with your time and range, you should either listen to this podcast or get an Omnipod five. Like that's what yeah. I'm looking at here. And that's um to say that the, the words inside of this podcast are slightly mimicking an algorithm for people is uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah. And if it really is true, then it should be out there so people know so they can do better. Because the difference between your daughter's outcomes, MDI and Dexcom versus Omnipod and Dexcom versus Omnipod, Dexcom, the podcast are, I mean, it's substantial. It's a big difference for her in her health and her happiness. So that's what I want people to know, you know. Me too. Yeah, cool. All right. That was it. That was your bone. I don't talk yeah. too much. You don't hate yeah. my accent. You think I'm an idiot. Nothing like that. All right. Maybe nope. one day. I can, I. By the way, just try to imagine. I will actually have the conversation if it ever happens. I'm not going to back away from it. It's going to turn into like a giant screaming match. I think it's going to be incredibly entertaining. <laughs> yeah. We need to get those people to, to come on. Yeah. I need somebody to call me a, call me names and like to, to have a real conversation about it then. So yeah, anyway. I just think you. I just think you asked the basal question wrong. That's all. <laughs> so, so how would you ask the basal question? Yeah. So I would ask the basal question, um, you know, similarly went away from food, went away from impacts of food or, you know, bolus insulin of any kind. Does your blood sugar sit stable consistently at any number? Um, and it's really about that rate, right? So does the, does the Dexcom graph look flat and horizontal or is it, Slowly climbing up a hill or, or slowly going down a hill. Well, let me ask you a question. If a person's blood sugar overnight, in your example, keeping in mind, by the way, that your kid does not have the hormonal impact that a lot of other people have because of her age. Mm-hmm. Um, if your kid's blood sugar was super stable at 225 overnight, would you think her basal was okay? Yes. What if you corrected it? It went down and it went back up to 225 again. Yeah, then something would be off. Okay. For sure. So you just don't like the way I phrase it. That's right. You don't even disagree with what I'm saying very much. You just don't like my entree into the conversation. That's right. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. just ask the question differently. I've had there's a per I wish I knew her name. She argues with me on every time I say it online, she comes in and she's like, You're wrong. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. And um, and I love the conversation. I wish I could explain to her how much I enjoy the conversation because the truth is, is that in this specific scenario, while we're talking online, either I'm right or she's right. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Either it's the basal or it's something from before. Bad insulin to carb ratio, carb counting, et cetera, et cetera. It's always one or the other it, when this question's being asked. But it's almost like politics because the person who comes in to argue with me always acts like it couldn't possibly be the basal. 
And I think that comes from their personal experience. And I don't, I, I've have enough experience talking to people that I don't really, I try to come in very down the middle. Like I don't assume it's one or the other. And yeah. I think, and I think, I don't know. It's just, it's one of the great diabetes arguments. I love them. We should make a <laughs> list of them one day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Andy, hold on one second. I appreciate you doing this very much. And let me tell you about when this is going to go up so you can prepare yourself. Sounds good. Thank right. you. Thank you. A huge thanks to Andy. And if you're hearing this in the first week of its release, you should probably go check out the private Facebook group because Andy's going to put his charts in there. I want to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor, and remind you that you may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get your diabetes supplies from U.S. Med. Either call 888-721-1514 or go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Get your free benefits check and get started today with US Med. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. Please subscribe or follow in an audio app like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, something like that, whatever you use. And don't forget to tell a friend about the Juicebox podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode.